This is the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. Senior news reporter Joshua Friedman just returned from South African Diamond Country, where he and a group of 25 future leaders of the diamond industry got to experience a De Beers mine, local schools and businesses, and even a safari. On this episode, Joshua sits down for an interview with Rami Barron, the man who led the trip and is nurturing the next generation of diamond tares. I'm Joshua Friedman, and we're joined today by Rami Barron, founder of the Young Diamond Hairs Group, um, a community for the next generation of industry members. Rami and I have both just returned from a remarkable Young Diamond Hairs trip to South Africa, where we visited the Beers Venetia mine in the Limpopo province and learned a lot about the impact of diamonds on the local community. Rami, what a week that was. That's for sure. <laughs> It's, um, I mean, th- tell me a bit about the, the Young Diamond Tears, because um, it's, it's, um, it's three years since you launched it, um, if I'm right, um, and it now has more than 200 members um, on a pretty lively WhatsApp group. Um, why did you feel the need to set up a, a group to help um, people and to, to encourage networking between people in the, uh, uh, in the diamond industry um, of that uh, younger generation? Okay, so, Josh, I, I, I'm going to go back a few years. Mm and give you a little bit of background to the story. Um, I sit on the executive committee of the World Federation of Diamond Bourses, and I was sitting in the meeting, and I brought up at one of our meetings that we're not communicating with the next generation. And I said, just look around. You know, the average age was greater than mine, and I'm not a youngster either. And I said, we need to open up that conversation if we want to have some sort of succession. And, you know, it's you forever hear those conversations about, you know, people talk about the next generation, but you don't see anything happening. So they sort of proposed to me and said, well, what do you suggest? And my approach was, let me open up a conversation. And there was a bit of a argy-bargy about, you know, are they going to be members of, the, of their bourses that you're going to talk to? And I said, no, I need to be, have total freedom. Let me just open up the conversation with anyone where diamonds make up the largest portion of their income in terms Mm. of trading. And I don't care if they're retailers. I don't care if they're wholesalers. I don't care who they are. I want to open up a conversation. So after a bit of, you know, back and forth, they said, right, go ahead do whatever you think. And that evening we were in Dubai was a diamond Congress. And so I held a dinner with a number of youngsters. When I say youngsters under the age of 45, who were, who I asked them to come and join me for dinner, asked them what they want. And they came back and they said, well, first of all, You know, people tell us to think outside the box. I don't even Mm. want a box. I said, okay, sounds good in theory. And they didn't want a Facebook group. They just wanted a WhatsApp group. So I said, great. And from that point on, I just opened up a conversation. I was the uh, administrator. And anyone who wanted to join, it would come through a referral. And today, it actually sits at just over 250, in fact. I mean, every week, we have additional people joining. And whenever I'm traveling around the world... I might hold small meetings or sometimes quite large meetings. Like we had in India, we had like 400 people attend. And every year we've been doing breakfast at the September show and bringing interesting people, whether it's about Mm -hmm. blockchain or technology or marketing, just to, to stimulate conversation. And like you just said at the very start, the trip to the Venetia mine in South Africa was absolutely mind boggling in terms of the, the, the content and what we heard and what we didn't know as people in the diamond industry. And it came out from a discussion in that WhatsApp group, didn't it? That's what uh, prompted um, thinking about this, uh, doing this trip in the first place. 
totally. So, so with all the conversations around synthetic diamonds and real is rare and natural and all that, we have a team in South Africa which are as part of the beneficiation program, and they were saying to us, you know, we think that we'd get a very good hearing from De Beers in relation to, um, you know, telling a good story. And there's so many good stories that we just don't think you're hearing. So I worked with the team uh, in South Africa and. Uh, in particular, uh, Pule, and we we presented a uh, a document to De Beers, and they were very 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 positive about it. And they said, "All right, they were prepared to sponsor 25 young diamantiers to come to South Africa to visit the yeah. Venetia mine, yeah. but also to go and visit communities yeah. in the surrounding area to see the good that is done." Because I mean, it wasn't just a mine; it was um, uh, we we saw a school a, a school in Messina. We met some um, some. Uh, local companies that De Beers has been supporting. Um, but w- one of the things that everyone on the trip, so that the young diamonders on the trip seemed to be saying was that De Beers aren't really, or the miners in general, aren't really doing enough to get these positive stories out. Um, and this, this still, if you ask the average consumer about diamonds, they'll have a fairly negative impression of the industry. Um, do you think, um, what, what, what do these mining companies such as De Beers need to do um, to try and change the way people think about the trade? Look, I think that we have to remember that we're going through such a fast generational change in terms of the the tech and, you know, all these social media platforms. I think that one of the difficulties is that when you're such a massive company like De Beers and, you know, in all fairness, I think to a large extent through traditional media sources, they were able to sort of control the narrative. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that, you know, they would put out bits of information and some of it would be heard and some of it wouldn't, but it was, there was a, probably a degree of control. I think that right now, you know, they're accepting one, they can't control the narrative and two, uh, they themselves are finding this, like we all are, a whole new world. And, you know, there's, there's conversations that they're having, which they would probably normally never have. So there was so much good that was happening in the background. You know, you talk about you know, helping communities. I mean, you know, there's an incredible statistic that they have yeah. wiped out AIDS of all their employees in their company. And they've helped reduce AIDS in mm. in the in the areas mm. where they're working hard by eighty percent. I mean, that is phenomenal. And I think that maybe the stigma attached mm. to something like that didn't necessarily run well yeah. with a diamond mm. mining company. So they did it without talking about it, you know. I mean, Josh, the numbers are, you know, if I can just expand on that, the one that really blew me away, Josh, is that they took a piece of land Mm. that they created a mine of 17 hectares, which is huge. I mean, you can't deny that. But what people don't realize is they had the foresight to buy up the surrounding farms, which from my recollection is something like 30 to 40,000 hectares hectares of land that were farms in other words land that was destroyed from natural habitat and they re-brought it back to its natural surroundings and helped repopulate it with animals and vegetation and i mean think about that contrast 17 hectares against 39,000 or something like that you know it's mind-boggling and i just think that they just weren't aware that they need to tell this story and how yeah. to tell it. So, Rami, I, I felt that um, 
pretty much all 25 people on the trip were very passionate about this topic and getting the positive story out. But uh, as, as journalists, we find that um, the, the public and, and readers are, they, they maybe have limited interest in, in this type of thing. Um, what do you think you can do, or at least we can do, to, to try and um, get, uh, get the public more interested in the, uh, in the positive side of diamonds? You know, Josh, I would say to you, there's a couple of things. The first thing is, we were very fortunate. Within our group, we had about four or five absolute guns when it comes to social media. And I think you probably recall, yeah. many would sit at the back of the bus and have lessons on how to, how yep. to use it. I had lessons. And, I had lessons. Exactly. And, and, and one, one of our teams said, you know, it's not about trying to counter it with, with you know, negative, negative. It's about creating the content out there for the rest of the world to hear it. Now, it's no accident that we were excited. You know, uh, you look around, it, it, it was, it's an exciting, it's an interesting story. And I don't believe it was just because we were in South Africa. I think it, it was the, the synergy that was created by having 25 people from 10 different countries coming together and sharing the trials and tribulations that they have in their industry and actually recognize that they have a belief that mm -hmm. they can do something. Josh, we walked out of there and we sat down and you recall where we were sitting around the fire and having a conversation. Well, I can tell you that we've come up with three strategies. So number one, we're actually in the process of, mm -hmm. since we've come back, we've already been talking all over the place of building a, a website and, and creating greater accessibility to the group. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take it off a WhatsApp group or add to it and create a very strong website. And we're talking mm -hmm. about even creating chapters all over the world. Um, it is a really, really ambitious but pragmatic approach to it. The second thing is we were so inspired by what we saw with the education that we want to raise uh, $140,000 to help them build a library and a uh, canteen to feed the children. We're talking about the local uh, Renaissance Secondary School in Messina, uh, which we went to near the mine. Correct. Exactly. And and that's a really, you know, really, we're very focused on that. And in addition, we're actually working with a pilot program on working with those who are actually cutting and polishing part of the beneficiation program to see how we can create greater export op export opportunities for diamonds from South Africa to we're probably going to do a pilot program with Australia. Mm. So we have three definitive um, courses of action that we're going to take. And I can tell you, if if the team who are part of that Young Diamond Tears are any reflection of the desire and the ambition of the next generation, mm. then this industry is in a good place. So it seemed uh, from last week that uh, there was a, a general attitude that there is a mind shift in the industry. Um, that uh, people are becoming more open to new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things, younger people in the industry. Um, do you agree? Do you think that's, uh, that change is happening, Rami? So, so, Josh, I'll put it to you like this. I have enough experience in life to tell you that proof's in the pudding. You know, there's no doubt that, you know, you're on a trip, you're with a lot of people, there's synergy, it's very easy to get excited, right? The proof will be, what happens next? My role is not, my role is to guide. And I've said this to the group. I will guide you, but you are the next generation. So proof's in the pudding. Let's see if they're, if they put yeah. their, you know, like their money where their mouth is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I don't want to make, I don't want to make aspersions as to what could or couldn't happen. Let's see it happen. 
But one thing I can tell mm-hmm. you, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I believe, and so does De Beers from the feedback that we got from them, mm-hmm. that we've actually seen a catalyst. And I believe that this group could be that catalyst to push out a new story, a new, a positive story, and reach out to those in America and North America and Europe and China and wherever it is as one international community to realize that it's up to that next generation to step forward and assist other organizations, assist the DPA and assist the diamond industry and the jewelry industry to bring forward a really good story. And I think that we might have just been fortunate enough to meet those initiators. Great. Rami Baron, uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Josh. I'm glad you were able to join us. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for, uh, for bringing me along. Pleasure. Ciao.